Welcome to the show. It's your boy, Lewis. And it's your boy, Gibby. What's going on, guys? We are back. Back at it again. Feels good to be back. The it music does. intro today was by Steelers Whale. Stuck in the middle with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we like drafted 100 centermen, and we went from a team with no centermen to like 100. So yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all stuck in the middle. So stuck in the middle with you, I thought, was the perfect song. Yeah. So before we start, I mean, how's life been treating you? Good, good, good. Can't complain, man. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, not too bad. Living the dream. I just uh, went through uh, the moving process, Mm -hmm. the dreadful moving, helping my girlfriend move. And yeah, I mean, it went exactly how you think it would go. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You got any insider information to share? I got I can't disclose anything. It's you know it's that time of year, so yeah, I'm not allowed to disclose anything like that. You know, is that so? Yeah, not even to our fans. I can't. I've uh, promised the insiders I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> okay, expose. all right. Uh, you watch any good movies lately? Actually, um, blockers. Blockers? Yeah. Cock blockers? Well, no, it's blockers, but yeah, we all know that it's cock blockers. Yeah, yeah. But that's rooster, fun. rooster blockers? Yeah, rooster blockers. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. I liked it. Yeah, I heard John it was Cena, good. John Cena was pretty funny in it. Yeah, I heard I heard it was good. I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, what's that other movie? Game Night. I watched Game Night as well. It was good. Another good movie. Yeah, it oh. was funny. What about Tag? Isn't there a movie like Tag? Tag? Yeah, that looks looks pretty funny. I, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's on my list too. Uh, How about okay. you? What's new with you? What's going on? I haven't watched any movies. Like no? I said, just moving. Okay. That's pretty much it. Uh, nah, I haven't watched any movies lately. Um, what about songs? Any favorite new song? No. Nothing? What is this, uh, an interview? No, I mean, music they, they haven't been. Entertainment? Uh, you know, we haven't hung out in a while. People want to know. You have any new songs? Any recommendations for the people to listen to? Old McDonald. <laughs> okay. I got All nothing. Right. I got I nothing. Fine. World Cup favorite. Who's your, who's your favorite to win the World Cup? <sighs> Belgium. Belgium? Yeah, man. Wow. What about England? England looks so good, but you can never trust them. England also didn't have that great of a division, so I'm not counting. Yeah, and plus, I mean, every time you think they're going to be a good, they just they find a way to disappoint. Yeah. I mean, Portugal. We we obviously cheer for Portugal, but I'm not too confident, uh, impressed, confident or impressed with the team. I'm liking. I don't know. uh, Hmm. It's tough. I think I like England, but I don't know. I, it's like so I said, tough. I, th- I think this year's. Like, I think they're gonna choke. Yeah, but I like Croatia. Uh, Croatia is a good team pick. that looks really good this year. So yeah. that that's probably the team that I think is gonna surprise people. And now with Germany out, it's anybody's ball game. And obviously, you can't ever count out Spain, España. But either way, Viva Portugal! Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to talk about some trades and signings, uh, Habs news, 
uh, draft results. Our expectations for free agency, uh, we're going to touch on uh, Gallagher writing a recruitment letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can Lewis and Gibby become scouts? We're going to discuss our mock draft results. Spoiler alert, wasn't that good. I'm a pro. <laughs> but then again, you know, this draft, I'm pretty sure not too many people were good. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's coming up. But uh, let's uh, put some happy music on and we'll be uh, right back. happy i feel happy i'm happy uh we're gonna start with some uh trades mm-hmm. and signings mm-hmm. start with uh san jose sharks they acquired mike hoffman uh defenseman cody donahy a 2020 fifth round pick from ottawa for forward michael bodker defenseman julius bergman and a 2026 round pick but no wait oh it didn't stop there because i think what happened was hoffman's girlfriend probably followed everybody on facebook and they got spooked trade them <laughs> so then they like whoa 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 we didn't know she was this crazy so then bam they flipped hoffman to florida and got a so it was hoffman and a seventh round pick and they it was for a 2019 second round pick 2014 fourth round pick and a 2018 fifth round pick so he eventually ended up in Florida. Mm-hmm. So big, big haul for uh, San Jose. He, I thought that was some masterful stuff. Yeah. By uh, the Sharks GM there. Yeah, I mean. Whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Doug. 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 No, it's not Doug. I don't know. Who no, cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, okay, first things first. His trade value went down heavy since last season. Um, I believe at the the uh, trade deadline, the asking price was a first, a prospect, and a roster player for him. Um, obviously, he, they they did not get that. Um, so it obviously, it has something to do with his uh, his crazy girlfriend. Um, that certainly helped uh, drop the value. Uh, I think San Jose actually got more out of trading Hoffman than Ottawa originally did. Yeah, which is yeah kind of crazy. The masterful stuff, masterful stuff. Uh, Pierre, Dor- which is funny because also Pierre Dorian, um, he didn't want to trade within the division, and then Hoffman ended up getting flipped to Florida, so that backfired on him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I don't know. I think it. Uh, I think it was a good way to clear up Michael Bodker's cap. Obviously, Bodker hasn't been the greatest. He's okay. Yeah, and they want Johnny T, right? Yeah. So, so they, D- Doug, it is Doug. Doug Wilson. Yeah, Doug Wilson. So I was right. It was Doug. I was going to say Doug Wilson, but I didn't know why. I was why. close. Whatever. And <laughs> so, yeah, they, they ended up getting a bunch of draft picks in turn hey, and Doug, cleared up cap space. Yeah, good job. Yeah, good job. Good job. Uh, John Carlson signed an eight-year, eight mil. 
Yeah, with the Caps. That was good. I thought that that was – I knew that that was the value he wanted to stay with the team he just won the Cup with. So I yeah. think that that was a pretty good good deal there. Yeah, I like that deal. Uh, Kovalchuk. 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 Three-year, 6.25. For – yeah, that's a little He's pricey old. for a guy who hasn't played in the in NHL. show for a bit. Ah, but at least risk. it's only three years. I can I can swallow three years, three years. is a lot, man. I, I could swallow three years over like a five year. You know he's, but I mean whatever, three year. I would prefer a one or a two year yeah, if I, I was going to sign him. And, and it's two. a little bit steep, but whatever. We'll see what he can do. Um, Calgary Flames. They got Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin. <laughs> Oh, uh, I wanted him. Yeah, I did too. Uh, so they got him from the Hurricanes for Furland, Dougie Hamilton, and defenseman Adam Fox. I actually I like this trade a lot. They get a young, well, Calgary gets a young D-man. They get the young center in Lindholm. Helps out with a bigger, a better core group of guys to build around. Um, Lindholm can be a potential second-line center of yeah. the future. Hannafin's a top four D-man, potential top two. Carolina gets a proven defenseman in Dougie Hamilton, and they also acquire a guy who's a 25-goal scorer. What's up with Dougie, though? Like, he, he's, he's a good defenseman, but second time he's been traded already. Weird. Uh, it happens. But the guy's, the guy's a really good player. It happens. I think it just they have a lot of right-handed shots. They need their left-handed shots. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, like the, I think the trade could work out for both. The, but, yeah, man, what a, what a... Calgary already had a pretty good team, but now adding... Hannafin and Lindholm, that's huge. And I think my prediction of Calgary turning it around it looks even better now. What they're not, a lot of people aren't talking about is that Adam Fox kid that uh, Carolina ended up getting. He's a good prospect, 20 years old. He's 5'10", 185 pounds. I feel like he suits really well in the, in the new NHL. He's a good skater, great vision. He has great playmaking abilities. And he's also projected to be a top four D-man, so... They got yeah. two. D- no, they got two two D men. I think the trade is good for both. It makes sense for it's both. It's just when you look at it from from the big name. I mean, Dougie Hamilton's the best player in the trade. I would think. Yeah. But I mean, Noah Hannafin is nothing to shake a stick at. So I think it's a good trade for both. I'm excited to see how it works out for both squads. Yeah. J T. Miller. Twenty six point two five million dollar contract. So five point two five a year. Yeah. I like the deal. I really like JT Miller. I liked him a lot. I think he, that and he was like the throw-in in the. Yeah, he the was trade, kind of right? a throw-in, but I said it from the beginning. I said he's not a throw-in player. I think that they kind of got robbed on that. Yeah, that was my opinion on it. JT Miller, I think, is a very useful player. He can slot in as center. He's gritty. He can score. I like him. I yeah. think that he's he's one of those guys who can play in the new style NHL but still bring that physicality, grit. Uh, so I, I really like this signing. I think, it, I think it's a good good value for JT Miller. Mm-hmm. Brian Roost, four-year, 14 mil. That's pretty good. Yeah. Brian Roost, he's yeah. all right. He's a Roosty. Uh, <laughs> Joe Morrow, one-year, one mil, huh? Wh- in the where pegger. did he sign? In the pegger. Yeah? They re-signed him, huh? Good for him. Somebody's got to eat that popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> in the press box. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, Connor Sherry and Matt Hunwick to Buffalo for the conditional fourth. That's Could interesting. I don't know. I think he's got to score 20 goals. I, I was reading something. Sherry? About it. Yeah, Sherry's got to score at least 20 goals or something like that. I'm curious as to why they did, 
uh, I mean, they cleared up cap. They're I clearing. Guess. They're lo- they're looking at some a free agent. They're looking at something. Mm-hmm. Buffalo capitalized on it. I guess they need goal scorers. Well, actually, no. So this is they cleared up cap. So they did. Then they signed oh, they, Jack Johnson. Yeah. So the five year, sixteen mil, which is not like they're saying it's going to be about three point two to three point five range. That's not bad. They always pick up like aging defensemen the though aging on the decline. Uh, we'll see and then they end up do. having decent years. Yeah, it's we'll crazy. See. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what he can do. But I, I don't think that that's the reason why they cleared cap space. No, I can't not a see chance. that. I can't see Let's that being the reason. Connor Sheary, so we can sign Jack Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Smith and Pelly. Yeah, one Smith year, one Pelly. mil with the with the caps. Apparently, Smith and Pelly. <clears throat> a couple of my buddies Both were saying. A couple of my buddies were saying that he had better offers on the table. And he's like, I want to stay here. Yeah. So <laughs> he I mean, gets really attached. To, <laughs> he gets really attached to the city. Yeah, he got traded to Montreal. <laughs> he like got cried. traded for Montreal. Cried. <laughs> he he really gets attached. <laughs> you know. So he's just like, I'm not leaving again. I can't go through that again. It's like that had, crazy girlfriend that you. I had to make new friends already once. I'm not gonna do <laughs> twice. It's like that crazy girlfriend you sleep with one time and then <laughs> she's like, Oh, I love you forever. <laughs> like, please chill. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that serious. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that, that's all I got on the uh, trades and signings front for now. I mean, I like I know there was other things, but I just chose the notable ones. I don't know if you know. I'm not gonna talk about these guys that like we barely ever heard of, like a couple AHLers, like get Martin Furk. Like, what the Furk is that? <laughs> I know he. <laughs> there was reports he wasn't gonna sign. What the Furk? But he uh, he ended up resigning. So there you go. You want some uh, off the board stuff? There it is. Are you Furkin kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I busted that one when Blaine uh, reported it that he wasn't going to resign. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Real clever, Trevor. Um, all right, so it's time for some uh, Habs news. Times for some Habs times news. Times for some Habs news. So we're going to start with some old news, but we didn't get to speak about it. Uh, Chucky for Domi, the trade. <sighs> Weigh in. Is that a fat joke? <laughs> no, it's a UFC joke. Okay. Uh, okay. So first things first. At first, I I wasn't a fan of it, of the trade, uh, and I thought Bergeron. I'm like, oh god, Bergeron's off his rocker. He's losing his mind. But looking into it, looking at it through a magnifying glass, having a little bit of an open mind to it, letting my emotions clear, I came up with a few things, positive things for the Habs. First off, Domi has actually played center, okay, uh-huh. and has had success playing center in Arizona. So we can't rule out a test run of him playing center because we always test new guys that we acquire at center. Uh, Domi's a better defensive player than Galchenyuk while still posting a 0.61 points per game, which is identical to Galchenyuk's 0.61 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like I think uh, this is a little bit of a stretch, and I'm, I'm probably going to take some heat for it, but I honestly think Galchenyuk has peaked as a player. Um, what you see is what you get now. A 20 to 25 goal scorer. Um, sorry. <laughs> you get a 20 to 25 goal scorer where Domi, I feel like he needed to change the scenery. And as did Chucky, don't get me wrong, but I think Domi coming to a team with a lot more skill and a lot more upside, I think he's going to thrive off the energy at the Bell Center and passion. Um, we, all, we all saw Domi perform at the World Juniors when the pressure was on and the crowd was in it and he... He didn't disappoint. That was a few years ago, but come on. 
Yeah. Like, you, you'd like to see... It's, you got to look at positives. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this trade was a win for us, nor am I saying it's a loss. But, I mean, you got you to gotta try to take some positivity out of it. And I'm excited to see the kid play. He's, he's got that Gallagher-type player. Like, he's the playmaker with the grit and the pest-like play. Um, and I, I like that Gallagher had a 30-goal year last year under Julian. So, hopefully... Domi can find some offensive flair under Julian. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I mean, all right. First, I'm going to go to the Twitter poll that we put up on the on the account. And I said, how do you feel about the Chucky for Domi trade? Excited. Domi is a stud. B, fair. Both needed a change. C, gave up too early on Chucky. D, terrible. Mark Bergevin sucks. Those were the options. 19% said excited. Domi is a stud. 37%, which is the highest percent, said fair. Both players needed a change. Yeah. 23% said we gave up too early. And 21% said terrible. Mark Bergerman sucks. So those people still exist. And that's that's fair. I mean, yeah. Mark Bergerman, it's okay to hate Mark Bergerman because there's a lot of things that he's done that are questionable and he hasn't really done anything to redeem himself yet. So it's fine. But... Okay, so the pros is, yes, we got a, bre- a better two-way player. Yes, he can slot in as a center. Got a lot more grit. He's younger, he's faster, and he's less money. So we saved money yeah. there. Uh, I think the cons are he's smaller, unproven, not as skilled, and not a goal scorer. That's what I look at it, okay? And I didn't like the trade. I thought it was unnecessary. I think that Chucky is the better player. Uh, but in the in the end, though, I can see this working for both teams. Yeah. So um, I think, though, off-ice issues played a role in this. I really do, because Chucky is too talented to give up on that easily, and I feel like two coaches has not, have now come through and have had the same issues with him. I feel like the kid's got some demons to deal with. I, I really do. And I'm telling you, when he does, he's going to be a hell of a player. And I think that, you know, I was hoping it was going to be with us. I hope that he was going to find a way to, to battle through them and find his game. I, I still think that he can be more consistent. Um, you know, but the, the management and coaching staff ran out of patience, and they have a different vision for this team. Yeah. So they feel like Domi fits the new mold. So I, I, I welcome him with open arms. I hope he has success, and he doesn't crack under the pressure. Uh, and Ty Domi is now a Habs fan, so that's yeah, another great. positive. It's great. But I think another, like, a, a negative thing, why you can shine a negative light on this is, like, another common theme with this regime is giving up on the young talent. Yeah. Instead of doing what you can to try and help them grow, you know? It feels like, you know, uh, you must follow or you die type of mentality. <laughs> Who are you trying to imitate? I don't know. It's just, it just feels like that on the okay. team. It's like communism. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not thrilled, but I think it could work out for both teams. Okay, I agree. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, it but I think eventually Mark Bergerman's got to make that trade where we can just <laughs> say, hey, man, we won. You know, not like where it's there so... Never, <laughs> let me tell you something. There will never be a trade. I know, but sometimes you can look at a trade on paper and be like, hey, you won, right? But you're never really going to know until both players play. Yeah, but it's nice to get that like uh, immediate uh, uh, whatever impact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, Max Pacioretty. Yeah. The trade that could have been. 
So I'm going to pull up the tweet that uh, Tony Marinero posted. By the way, this is still speculation because uh, yes, there's a I lot mean, of credible been, sources yes. that say that it never happened. So Yeah, did it happen or did it not? We're just going to talk about it. Most of the time, it. Tony is pretty accurate with his, with his when he uh, posts something from a Even source. Even though he's off his, off his rocker, yeah. but whatever. But that's one thing he's usually pretty good at is breaking stories. Um, so he said, as reported, the Montreal Canadiens had a trade in place with the LA Kings for Pacioretty this past Friday. I'm hearing the Canadiens would receive a roster player, a prospect, and a draft pick. There are reports the Canadians would receive Tyler Toffoli and Velarde. That is not true. Neither player was offered by the LA Kings. The trade was on the condition that they could sign Pacioretty to an extension. The Kings talked to Pacioretty's agent, Pat Brisson. It is believed he wanted eight years, eight mil. The Kings offered six, six, six years, six mil, and said, deal or no deal. Pacioretty said, no deal. Okay. He knows his worth. So that's... A report. Now there's another report saying there was never a deal. Could be a cover-up. Just, you know, so... Things don't get leaked. Yeah, you know, like a, a PR cover. Yeah. Up. So, I mean, at this point, I don't know. I believe Marinero's sources. But what do you think of the deal that could have, should have, would have, maybe wasn't? Well, I mean, who are you really going to get? Like, if it's not to fully... There was also reports of a San Jose. Uh, yeah, San, San Jose, Jose didn't being offer involved, enough. but it wasn't as not, it wasn't as much, it wasn't as sweet. Yeah, there was, al- there was also rumors that he was going to get flipped to. Um, he was he was going to get traded to Buffalo, and then, or no, they were going to trade him to New York for the eleventh pick, and flip the eleventh pick to um, Buffalo for. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. I mean, there's so many rumors. There's I, so not, many things. I'm not really a big rumor know. guy, but sticking on to the L.A. thing, I don't know who we would really get from L.A. I can't if think of. If it's not Velarde or Toffoli, right? Yeah. It's like those are the two big guys you really want. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure on what's going on. As for the, if this is or true. Doughty, for, yeah. yeah, send us Drew. <laughs> um, as for the trade and the contract that they offered, that's a little bit of a slap in the face. Like, Pacioretty... He's at least worth worth seven seven point five, and you know that uh, he fired his agent Ju- uh, like right after. So and it, and Kovalchuk it, has the same agent, so there's speculation that because Kovalchuk got the contract, he felt like uh, Kovalchuk was better served than himself, so yeah. he fired him. It could be related. It could be just like coincidence. Coincidence. It it looks a little looks a little suspicious. So obviously, people are gonna run with that, but. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I really, I, I feel like now we're just going to, Pacioretty's going to end up just staying with us until the trade deadline. Nah, I don't know. But you know what? I think it, it's going to be very difficult to trade him if this is the kind of money he's asking for. Because but, but, I think like maximum value is going to come from him signing an immediate extension or a sign and trade type of deal. And if he's if he's just a rental, I think that the return will be a lot less. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. I mean, I've said it many times: you got to get creative. Mark's got to get creative to see yeah, if he but, can deal him. Okay, but also you have to realize, like Pacioretty is he's a proven goal scorer. Yeah, but he's coming off a bad season. So one bad to say season, that he's though. Not he's on also the decline. Oh, he's one. also had like four or five concussions after that neck injury. I mean, that's something that people look at, especially yeah, but nowadays. Six mil, man. Come on. There's guys in the league that are... They meet in the middle, though, right? They said take it or leave it. 
he's like, no, I'm not taking that. So he probably is going to ask for eight. He'll settle for probably seven, I would think. I mean, you always ask for more. Yeah. Uh, but he's got to get creative. You, have you ever seen the show Art Attack? You remember the show Art Attack? Yeah. You know, building a masterpiece out yeah. of popsicle sticks and <laughs> paint. And All right. Sand. That's what I want to see Mark B do. Okay. Mark B. Yes, I think I'm going to start calling him Mark B. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, right? Sounds cool. It's terrible, but right. I'll let you roll with it. <laughs> Mark B's got to do it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, players are dropping like flies. Like, I'm gonna need to redecorate the whole shrine pretty soon. Galchenyuk, Pacioretty, Markov, like who else? I have Subin five jerseys. Including my Gibby, you're running out. At least I got a Gallagher. So. The only player that's not been traded on from one of my jerseys is uh, Gibby. The rest have been traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Lewis, my Lewis jersey's forever safe. Placanic got traded. I know, I know, Placanic, but he actually, might come I'm back. lying. I have a, I have a signed Carey Price jersey. So, but there's he rumors with traded. that guy too, man. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. All right, so. Uh, qualifying offers for Dano, McCarran, Reichel, JDLR, Jacob De La Rose, for those who do not know the abbreviation. Yes. Um, and we're moving on from Dan Carr, Logan Shaw, your favorite player, Logan Shaw, uh, Zach Fucali, Tom Parisi, and Jeremy Gregoire. Any thoughts? Um, I like Daniel Ka. Daniel Ka. Ka. He's taking his Ka and getting out of town. Ma. Ma, the me love. Um, no, nah, I like Daniel Carr, and actually there was an interesting stat. He had the highest uh, points per 60 on yeah. the team. Um, I felt like he just got lost in the winger depth that we have, and they want. he, he said no. He, he didn't want to – he feels like he belongs in the NHL, or rumor has it that he's going to the K. Um, he rejected the deal. Yeah, from, I think we gave him like a real low ball, like eight hundred thousand a year. Yeah, less. Deal. I think it was less than he's, the actual. You know, he's tender. proven he's proven that he could score in the NHL. So I think that he's worth at least like one to one and a half mil. You know, or at least one mil, at least mm. a one one year one mil. Prove yourself. One year one mil nine hundred thousand. One of those. But yeah, that's the only guy that I'm really. I don't know. I I didn't mind Logan Shaw. But no, get him out of here, man. I mean, I didn't mind him, but whatever, it's whatever. Like, I'm not like, oh my god, we lost. He was just him. a guy to like throw in there to get us through the terrible season we're having. Yeah, he wasn't bad. I didn't mind him. Um, fourth line plug, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dino JDLR, there was no surprise. Yeah, they have a spot on this roster. Uh, Reichel, he had eight goals, four assists for the Rocket in 16 games and Boom. two points in four games with the big club. So I think they saw something they liked. Liked with him. Uh, Mike McCarron was a shocker for me. I thought his time was up. I really They're did. not going to give up on him. I thought it was, though, but, you know, I guess they're exploring the possibility of giving him another shot. He's going to be our fourth-line plug. You know, I thought he looked good when, when he was first called up, the first call-up, yeah. when we were still in it. And um, But then he got sent down kind of like for no reason, and then he became deflated after that. And I, he, I don't think – he didn't find it, his legs down there. He, he kind of got pushed <laughs> down the depth chart down in, in Laval, and he just never found the game. He never yeah. found his game for the rest of the season. Uh, and the guys were letting go. Yeah, Dan Carr. I mean, that's the only guy. Yeah. I, I, I saw some potential in him. I always liked him. 
I didn't see him as part of the future here, though, and I think we spoke about it in, in previous shows. I said, yeah. listen, the guy, he showed he can be a, a goal scorer. I hope he gets a chance with another team because he's a hardworking kid. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. The AHLers, it was expected, those other guys. Because Jeremy Gregoire, yeah, I, I those other guys, because you know what? Listen, they we, want the newer, younger kids. Yeah, we to start have in. a boatload of young bodies coming in. Yeah, so they got to get rid of and, the guys, and then get, let those young guys play. See who's going to make the team, and then yeah. you fill the gaps later. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I agree. Uh, Olivier, Olivier or Oliver? I think it's Olivier. <laughs> Olivier uh, Galipo was yeah. invited to development camp, but then. Crazy turn of events. Denied the invite and signed with the NHL Bruins. Okay. Providence Bruins, I mean, whatever. AHL yeah. contract. What the heck? I don't know. I don't know what happened there. That's Listen, weird. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, they didn't offer him a contract. They offered him a, a tryout, and he got the contract. Whatever. What are you going to take, a he'll tryout or a contract? Yeah, he'll probably get cut, and then... Uh, We'll sign him to a... I'm just saying, though, this is bad because people oh. wanted to see this kid get a shot. he's French. Yeah, and this is going to rain terror from the, the, the French fans. We have so many, we have so like, many French I'm telling people. people right now, watch out for hard, stale croissants and hot poutine gravy coming your way. Poutine. <laughs> because I'm telling you, man, not only is this kid not coming to camp, but he signed with the Boston Bruins. That's yeah. a double dagger. Yeah. So, whew, some heat. Tabernacle. Some real heat coming her way. Um, so, development camp. Yeah. Who are you excited to see? Yeah. So, you want me to read the names? I'll read the names fast for you. Yeah, if you want. Sure. No problem. Uh, yeah, no problem. So, Jeremiah Addison, Alexandre Elaine, William Bitten, Vladimir Beryukovin, Jake <laughs> Evans, Cole Fonstad. Uh, Jack Gorniak, Brandon Hagel, Cameron Hillis, Samuel Hood, Ryan <laughs> Hughes, Yoni Ikenin, Alexandre Katernikas, <laughs> uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, Alan McShane, Jacob Olofsson, Michael Pozzetta, Ryan Paling, Anthony Rinaldi, Joel Teasdale, Hayden Verbeek, Antoine Wackett, Wicked, Wicked, um, <laughs> and Jesse Alonen. That's the forwards. Then you got Simon Bork. Josh Brook, Kale Flory, Jordan Harris, Cameron Lee, Otto Leskinen. Hey, Otto. Uh, <laughs> TJ Melanson, Michael Maravicic, Adam Plant, David Schlanika, uh, Jared Tiska, and Scott Walford. And then goalies, you got Marco, Dylan McNiven, Mollet Hill. Okay. Gabriel Molot Hill. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So is there, uh, who do you think's going to turn heads? Mm -hmm. Okay. Who are you excited to see and, uh, who will we never hear from again? Um, okay. Obviously the first obvious one is I'm excited to see Koten. Kotkaniemi. Kotkaniemi. I'm excited to see how far along his progress is to actually be able to crack the NHL team. Now, I'm not expecting him to be ready this upcoming season, but I do think maybe in two, three years we should be able to see him. Um, obviously, as well, the other guys that were invited and drafted this year, I'm excited to see. But another guy that really intrigues me is Jeremiah Addison. Mm -hmm. 
um, to see how he's been, how he's progressed, considering he had a very long, he had a very strong camp last year. Um, but unfortunately, he ended up getting injured, so we didn't get to see him until later in the season. Uh, two guys that I think will turn heads are our two Czech defensemen we signed a few weeks back. Ooh. Um, Michael, Michael Maravicic <laughs> and David Sklenika. Um, I'm curious to see how they do at camp, and I'm curious to see how they can adapt to the North American-style hockey. Ooh. Um, a guy we'll probably never see or hear from again. I don't like to say this um, just because, obviously, people are trying to, you know, make it to the show. But, yeah, a guy that will probably get buried in the ECHL is probably going to be Jack Gorniak. <laughs> um, his stats don't impress me. Sorry, Jack. He's, <laughs> not, that, he's not that big, um, and he's a winger. We don't really need to winger as much. Um, so, yeah, I'm not overly excited about him. But I could be wrong. We could all, we could always have a uh, diamond in the rough with these late. Yeah, picks. you never know. Uh, for me, I'm excited to see Paling and Kotkaniemi. I mean, they're yeah. supposed to be the one-two punch of the future. <laughs> so I want to see how those guys do. I um, think the guys I'm going to be keeping an eye on and could turn heads is Will Bitten. Been big on him. I want to see what he can do. Jake Evans, another guy. And same as you, Jeremiah Addison. I've always been big on Jeremiah Addison. Really, uh, I want to see how he does. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, and defenseman, Kale Fleury, who yeah. we saw in the Memorial Cup. Big, uh, physical guy. Strong. want to see how he does. And um, Scott Walford is another guy. He's a big lefty. Got some puck-moving ability to him. Uh, that's another guy I'm, I'm, I want to see. And for me, Melanson, TJ Melanson. He's probably a guy who's there to create competition for the younger guys. He's a little bit older. If you look at him, he was loaned out everywhere this year. Uh, he put up some good numbers in the ECHL, but I think he's more of an AHL guy for life. So, But, I mean, hey, there's not much to take from this. This is just to get the guys out there, see what you have. I mean, it's – and then you'll see who's going to make it to the next camp, right? Yeah. But, yeah. We'll see. We'll wait for the reports from that. And then uh, we'll end uh, Hab's news with uh, the Brendan Gallagher's letter. Yeah. Recruitment letter. Honestly, I love this guy. Just uh, just give him the captaincy now. The guy, is, he's got so much damn heart. Like, he cares immensely about this team, and I think he deserves it. Um, now, as for the letter, he talks a lot about well, he talks a lot and really tries to sell the team. Um, he spoke about the history of the team, spoke about positive influences in the locker room, like Price and Weber. Um, he talks about the playoff atmosphere and what it's like to play at the Bell Center and how if you like to thrive off pressure, the Montreal then Montreal is a city for you. I mean, I don't think some players want that. It sounds kind of like he is thinking a rebuild is happening with him saying, oh, yeah, we need some, there's going to be some minor changes, blah, 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 blah. And he says if w players are willing to make sacrifices and build something great, then Montreal is a city. I mean, I agree with Gallagher. And, like, with, with regards to all the history the team has, that in itself would make me want to play on the Habs and actually wear the, ha the Habs logo. Um to have to put on the same jersey with the guys with likes of Bellivo, Richard, Wall, and all the other greats. I mean that that's that, that's 
that would feel good to me personally. So I know he mentioned Cornwallier because that's probably who he like models his game around. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I thought that letter was like he didn't have to do that letter. I thought it was pretty cool and hopefully brings uh, Johnny T, even though he's not talking to us. <laughs> so yeah. Allegedly, he could be on the phone. He is talking to people on the phone. We yeah, he's texting. Mark, we know. We know. He's Mark, texting hey, Mark B. They say Mark B is always on the <laughs> phones, right? Then they say he's working the phones like crazy. He's probably like, forget the meeting. Let's talk on the phone. Hey, hey, man. Hey, Johnny. Uh, do you want me to? They draft say Koten, French is the Koten language Koten of love, right? So, yeah. All right. We're not gonna <laughs> uh, get him, but listen, I got goosebumps reading it. I really did. Honestly, I got bumps goosebumps. of geese. Uh, and. I always said Shea Weber should be the next captain, but man, I love Gallagher's passion and, and how much he loves the city, the team, and the history. I mean, I think he gets my full vote of confidence now. Just reading that, you're like, this guy's captain material. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. Right? Um, give him the C. Uh, in the end, it's not going to be enough to bring JT, but Galley, you know, I think he, he touched the hearts of all the fans and gained new ones. So I'm happy to have his jersey on my wall. This kid, you know, he, he bleeds bleu blanc rouge. And I promise you, Galley, I never had you getting shipped out in a trade package ever. Did I mention that on this podcast? False. Okay? Just, just letting you know. Galley, I, I had you. I, I never did you. that. I respected you, and I had, you, I had your back from time, G. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. And hopefully it works, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our mock draft results. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back. Back at it. Back again. at it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, CD skipped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome back. So we're going to go through our mock draft. Uh, me and Gibby went head-to-head to see if we can become uh, professional scouts, and it didn't go too well. I did great. Well, you did better than me. 4-3, <laughs> he beat me. So we got f- I got four right, Lewis got three right. So... Take it away. Let's start with uh, who the Buffalo Sabers. Buffalo. Who the Buffalo Sabers chose? Well, the Buffalo Sabers obviously took Mister Rasmus. Hey, hey, we both got it right. Row. We both got it right. Um, yeah, Sabers. Uh, they got the best player in the draft. He's obviously gonna. He will not only earn a roster spot out of training camp, but play in a top four role. Average roughly fifteen to twenty minutes a game. And benefit from the instruction of coach and Hockey Hall of Fame defenseman Phil Housley. And this is a report from NHL.com, yes. so we're not plagiarizing. No. Um, number two was Andre Svechnikov. I said that they would choose him at number two because he's built like a brick house. He's without a doubt the most skilled forward in this draft. 
in my opinion. And I thought he, and I think he's going to play in the NHL next season. And I know that the new owner wanted immediate changes to the lineup. I think that this guy could be the guy. He's going to join other young offensive players in Carolina and become a key player in its top six. Yeah. So that was the right one. And then this is uh, where I went wrong. <laughs> and beginning. I got it right. <laughs> I got beginning. it right. Uh, I took Jesperi Kotkaniemi, third overall. Honestly. Plagiarism. Why? I call it plagiarism on your part. Why? No, it know. just, okay, listen, hear <laughs> me out. I really wanted Zadina for the longest time, but Kotkaniemi, he jumped up the charts. He ended up going top five. He, they were projecting him top five because uh, I based all my mock draft off of a lot of projections, and I just pretty much averaged it out, and I just plugged everybody in. And Kotkaniemi, was, he was roughly around the five mark, and I figured, yeah. you know what, the Habs need a center, and going yeah. off the charts, two picks projected. You can't go wrong there. It, it's, not a, it's not a stretch, and I feel like this kid is going to be a stud in the, in, the, in the NHL, and he's projected to be our number one center. He's, That's what he's got all the tools. Is, yeah. and, and you've seen right at five, I mean, they – or who, who was it? Sorry. Uh, right at five, yeah. Right Arizona. at five, Arizona took a center, and they took Barrett Hayton, which and he was a was, big stretch. And he was, he was projected to go uh, between 11 to 15, if I'm not mistaken. So but you could tell they wanted the center, and they would yeah. have scooped him up from us. Yeah, exactly. So it was good that we ended up getting him. I feel like we, we could have traded down, but then, look, we were projected to trade down with him, but whatever. Yeah. So number four, uh, the Sens took Brady Kachuk. I thought they would take Noah Dobson because he's a right-handed defenseman, and he would replace the inevitable departure of Eric Carlson. But they got Kachuk, physical in all areas of the ice, prototypical power forward who can make his line mates bigger uh, because of his hockey sense, size, and strength. <laughs> I feel bad for Brady Kachuk. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, honestly, I honestly thought that because we, we passed on uh, Zadina, that Zadina was going to get picked right up from yeah, Ottawa. And I think his combine really hurt him, but... Roskill. But, yeah, the next pick. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, the next pick was Arizona, Barrett Hayton. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It was the five. Yeah. Four, five, yeah. Um, yeah, it was Barrett Hayton. Uh, he wasn't... It was a bit of a stretch. Uh, a lot of people were surprised. That they went off the charts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it really goes to show how valuable centers really are. I mean, he was the the Arizona feels like he was the second best center in the um, available in the draft. Uh, he was ranked number nine on the NHL Central Scouting for North American skaters. Um, he's versatile and he's gritty. He checks well, so we'll see how uh, how his. If this is Tenure. a bust, that's just going to prove, like, Arizona's going to be like, yeah, whoa, what did you guys I do? I mean, they have Galchenyuk now, so. Yeah, yeah, true. Plan but, B. yeah, I guess we'll see. Plan B. At number six, Zadina fell to Detroit. Um, I thought they that Coca Niemi would fall here. And I thought that, you know, the aging Zetterberg, a young centerman to replace him, I thought that, that if, Kespe, uh, if Jesperi fell to them, they would take him at six. Instead, they took Zadina, who fell, which, you know, he's the kid is a good player. Um, he's a dynamic goal scorer from anywhere on the ice and an underrated passer and playmaker. So I think that they just fell into the, their his lap and they had to take it. 
Yeah, I, I went a different route. I thought that they were going to take a D-man because they do need D-man. They do need... They need everything. They need everything. <laughs> but I thought they were going to take uh, Quentin Hughes, um, which is, in my opinion, was one of the better D-men available. Um, and he actually get, ended up getting picked right after. It was kind of like a, a, a domino effect, right? Zadina yeah, fell yeah. to them, so I don't blame Detroit for taking him. And then Quentin Hughes ended up falling to Vancouver, so Vancouver ended up taking him, which... Quentin Hughes is now the, the seventh pick. Um, he's a good player. Really good skating ability. Um, he controls a lot of the game. He's a good quarterback, D-man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was one off there. I ended up taking Hughes at six, so good for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was surprised that because he, he's a smaller guy, right, Hughes? Yeah. So I was surprised yeah, he, that he, he, he fits the new NHL. Yeah. Uh, so at eight, Chicago took Boquist. I thought they would take Bouchard because, the you know, the sudden decline of Brent Seabrook and a slightly aging D, I thought the big uh, right-handed defenseman would fit the plans of the Blackhawks. I was wrong. Instead, they go with Boquist. Uh, you know, this guy is like... Uh, He's a defenseman, but yeah. he's cut kind of of the same cloth of like an Eric Carlson. He's got elite skating, offensive skill. Um, and it says here, you know, with Duncan Keith and Seabrook getting older, this is the right time for the Blackhawks to add young skill to their defensive prospect pipeline. So I was right with them going defense. Instead, they went with the smaller, faster, skilled guy. Yeah, I as well went with Vancouver to take a D-man with K- Quentin Hughes uh, being sixth in my draft I ended up taking Evan Bouchard the seventh but um yeah so basically Quentin Hughes and then Bouchard I thought we're going to go one and two but I ended up getting that right with Boquist um you okay <laughs> I ended up getting Boquist right um but yeah I ended up because Arizona kind of messed things up my D I ended up going 3D straight I felt like Chicago needed a good D man um, and they ended up getting a good D-man with Boquist. Um, he's a really good... Uh, sorry, he's, he's been compared to like an Eric Carlson type player. He's fast, great skater, has a lot of offensive skill. He's got a lot of... Uh, he's, got a lo- he's got great vision. And plus with, with Duncan Keith and Seabrook and all their D-men, they're, they're all aging. So you, it's, I felt like Chicago... I knew they were going to really, take a D. Yeah, you knew that they were going to take a D... So I felt like Chicago really did well with picking up Boquist. Yeah, Rangers now <laughs> at nine. Um, I guess the Rangers see something that no one else does because <laughs> this was the, like, the weirdest one. Um, Vitaly Kravtsov. Is that, is yeah, that his Kravtsov. Name? Um, I ended up thinking that the Rangers needed a D-man, so I ended up putting Dobson there. Um the Rangers felt like they needed is he he's a winger, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so he's a winger. He's a right wing. Um kind of strange cuz he didn't get much playing time in the KHL. Um I guess New York sees something that not many people do because he was projected to go That's why they do the late. work. <laughs> he was projected to go late in the draft, so well, in the first round, so. Yeah. yeah. At 11 um, 10. Or sorry, 10. Yeah, Edmonton now, right? So, yeah, 10. Yeah. I, th- I thought they... Okay, so they took Evan Bouchard. I thought they would take Quinn Hughes, but obviously he was already off the board. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, it's no secret that Edmonton D 
has been bad to mediocre over the years. So I thought that Quinn Hughes with his offensive ability could be a great compliment. Now, instead, they went with um, Evan Bouchard. He gives them, uh, you know, as a right shot defenseman. He said that Peter Shirelli said that they needed him. He's an offensive force who finished in the top 10 in OHL scoring. So I knew that they would go defense and they wanted some sort of offense. Quinn Hughes was gone. That's why he wasn't chosen. Yeah, to be honest, I ended up going a little bit of a different route. I know Edmonton needs the D-men, but that's fine. Um, yeah, number 11, uh, Oliver Wallstrom. New York did a really good job here. I mm-hmm. felt like he, yeah. after, after Zadina, he's probably the best pure goal scorer. Um, he can put the puck in the net. He's a good, skilled guy. And he ended up dropping pretty heavy, so he just ended up falling in New York Islanders' yeah, laps. Who did you have them choosing? I had them choosing, at 11, Joel Farabee, because my 10th pick was uh, Wallstrom there. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, getting, I was one, and I ended up getting Wallstrom and then Dobson one and two, but New York Islanders ended up slipping to them. Yeah. Okay, and then Islanders come up after and get Noah Dobson. Yeah, um, another guy that fell. Yeah, I had Joel Haraby, fast skating winger. Haraby. Th- yeah, fa- <laughs> Her- sorry, that is a Haraby. Faraby, who I thought would be a perfect complement to a guy like Barzell. Yeah. Fast skating winger. But, I mean, again, the draft just didn't go like we thought it would. Dobson was available there. It was a surprise. I mean... They were happy about it. The right shot defenseman is an outstanding skater with a strong two-way game. Maybe most impressive was his, uh, you know, his way. The, the longer the season went and the deeper they went into the Memorial Cup, it seemed like he got better. So I thought that that was another gift. Islanders had a really strong go. 13. Yeah, at 13, uh, they in Dallas took Ty Delandria, um, another guy that was picked higher than he was projected. But again, he's a center. So the centers have a little bit more valuable value to him. Um, yeah, he seems like he's uh, a character guy. A lot of scouts really talked about how he's a character guy. He was a little bit overlooked at because uh, Flint ended up finishing low in the OHL. So. Yeah, Flint is, yeah. Yeah. Who did you have? 13, I ended up having, I believe it was Ty Smith. I, I ended up going very similar to what the Islanders ended up going. They ended up going winger D. So my first pick for the Islanders was winger, and then the second was Ty Smith for D-man. <clears throat> All right. Uh, that was 13? Yeah, we're on 14. So 14, uh, Philly chose Joel Farabee. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I had earlier, so obviously yeah. I didn't get that right. Yeah. Um, so, but I thought they were going to choose uh, Joe Valeno at this spot. I thought mm-hmm. he he was the best player at this spot, and I thought that he could make some of the expendable. I mean, some of the older players expendable in Philly. That was my theory. Mm-hmm. Like again, I'm not a scout, but this kid he's a high IQ playmaker, goal scorer who uh, played on the top line for uh, US and. TDP. Uh, he can kill penalties, and I think that the Flyers struggled in the past few seasons killing penalties, so that could be why they targeted him. 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gregory Denisenko. He's a left winger, uh, physical two-way forward guy. Um, he needs to get a little bit bigger, 
but I felt like this was a good pick for Florida because Florida does need a solid physical scorer, and they ended up getting him in that. Um, my pick for 15, I ended up taking a winger, was Vitali Kravtsov, which is yeah, they, where yeah, they New York saw something better. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, 16, Colorado takes Martin Cott. I had them taking Ty Smith. Mm-hmm. He's a stable, steady, young defenseman, great prospect to add to a team on the come-up. But they decided to go with Martin Cott, a strong skater with speed. Uh, he creates odd-man rushes. He has good experience playing against men in the top professional league in the Czech Republic. Um, and I guess Avalanche are not concerned about a heart issue that came up during testing at the NHL scouting combine, yeah. but they see something that they like in this kid. Yeah. Uh, 17 New York Jer- New York jerseys. Uh, <laughs> New Jersey York Jersey. Devils took Ty Smith. I thought they were going to take a D man. Um, I projected Ty Smith to go higher. I had him at 16. I was so close. Yeah, I had him <laughs> at 12. So I projected Ryan Merkley, who was a very solid pick, I felt. And I felt I actually had him dropping a little bit. Um, but yeah, Ty Smith, the Devils needed to add youth and solid defensive guy. Um, he should he should really help out the defensive corp. He's a smart player, skilled, and he can carry the puck out of his zone. And he's very good with the transition game. Columbus goes with Liam Foudy. I thought they were going to get Ryan McLeod here, big, good skating, hardworking forward who would be a good fit to the style of play of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Instead, they go with Liam Foudy. Uh, he's a good skater. Uh, he uses his skating to to he uses skating this year to score five shorthanded goals. Uh, his speed comes naturally. Uh, his parents are Olympians. His uh, mother was a France one silver medal for Canada in the four times 100 relay. So I, th- I actually heard something about this guy on, on TSN 690, how he didn't like start taking hockey serious until later on. But the guy had 33 points, 20 goals, 13 assists in his final 30 games. So they obviously see something in him. And again, new NHL, fast skating, number 19. Number 19 was Jay O'Brien. Um, that was a, another reach. Uh, he was projected number 32 on the Central Scouting Final Ranking. I ended up going Sarone Noel. Um, I thought that his type of play would have been very fitting for Philadelphia. Instead, they went Jay O'Brien. Um, they see him as a potential center. He's got good his best traits are he's got a really good hockey sense, great shot, um, and he'll continue to develop at Providence. Yeah, okay. Uh, 20, I had, obviously, I had Martin Kelt for L.A., mm-hmm. but he was gone already. I thought he'd be a perfect fit for the Kings who could use another skilled winger. Um, instead, they go with Kupari, Rasmus Kupari. Uh, another guy who played against older competition. Uh, his skating is uh, elite, and I think uh, the Kings will be very patient in allowing him to develop and add consistency to his game. 21. Mr. 21. Ryan Merkley, which is the defensive guy that I thought was really good. Really good stay-at-home defenseman. Um, he's got top-end offensive skills. There's a little bit of questions on his off-ice approach. Um, 
it was a little bit of a stretch, and it's it this they are saying that this pick was um, a high risk, a high reward type of uh, guy, and he just he needs to mature a little bit. Um, my pick was Jet Wu, which was another D man. So I I ended up getting the D man right, just not the player. Mm-hmm. Twenty two, which was a trade. Yeah, so twenty two. Was a trade, right? From, yeah, it was from uh, Ottawa. From Ottawa. Yeah, so it it was Keandre Miller. Yeah. So they went with Keandre Miller. I thought Ty Delandria was gonna go here. He was already gone. Strong two way center. He could complement, uh, you know, players like Duchesne. Backup play behind him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, there was a trade. The Rangers traded to get uh, Miller, who uh, has one of the highest ceilings of any player yeah. in the draft. He's only um, he's a he's been a defenseman for only three seasons. Yeah, and he'll continue to develop at the University of Wisconsin. So this guy's got a lot of upside. Hello, Wisconsin. So they they saw this opportunity to jump up and they took it. Yeah, um, number twenty three was Isaac Lundstrom, and I got this one right. Wow. So at twenty three, Isaac Lundstrom, I said Anaheim is a team with some aging centermen, and he's a complete player who has top six potential. Yeah. That's why I chose him. Well, I ended up taking uh, Gregory Denisenko, who, as we know, was the was fearless. Was already gone. He's, yeah, so um, I projected him a little higher than he expected. But, yeah, uh, number 24, Mr. Philip Johansson. At 24, I took Rasmus Sandin, who ended up going right after or, no, sorry, there was a trade. Uh, my apologies. In my mock draft, though, I ended up having him after. But that's fine. Um, yeah, so general manager Paul Fenton, he, he obviously was, he made a priority for defensemen to be drafted. And during his time at, uh, the, for Nashville Predators, he drafted a lot of defensemen. So he's stuck, he's sticking to that. Johansson was number 10 on the scouting final rankings for international skaters. Great, solid two-way guy. My pick, I thought, was uh, better, but <laughs> he ended up falling. So, Which was... Uh, Rasmus Sandin, yeah, yeah. which ended up dropping a lot longer, yeah. a lot further, but yeah, that's fine. 25. Uh, 25, I, Keandre Miller, we already know he was gone Yeah, at that point. We were um, literally like three, two or three picks off every time. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I mean, the Blues took Dominic Bach. They traded up to select the German forward. He uh, excelled against tougher competition in Sweden. Uh, he got solid uh, one-on-one skills and could come to North America to play junior in the CHL next season. So this was a trade, right, between the Leafs and St. Louis. Yeah. So I thought that the Leafs are going to come and get Keandre Miller. Didn't happen. Yeah, they ended up... 26. 26. This one is odd. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure... So they selected Jacob Bernard Docker. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was projected to go in the third round. Yeah, like weird one. So I guess... Well, the Senators apparently liked his offense... His skating and right-handed shot. Um, could, he Carlson, re- could he the departure Carlson? Carlson right? Um, for that right-handed shot. And they were willing to to slide back and then reach for him, buddy. You could have slid back like two rounds. 
Um, <laughs> they'll give him all the time he needs uh, at North Dakota. Should be a solid addition to the defensive corp. My guy at 26 was Matthias Samuelson, another D-man. I felt like I, I really felt like Ottawa needed to load up on D-man because we all know Carlson is gone. Yeah. You heard it here, second. Uh, 27, they go with Nicolas Bodin. I had Alexander Alexiev. I thought that they're headed down the path of kind of rebuilding the blue line, and this was a good start. He's got good size. He plays a clean and simple game. But they go with Bodine, a young offense, but still a defenseman, so I was close. He's a young, offensive-minded defenseman. Uh, They chose Boquist, and now they have another elite-level puck skill and outstanding mobility defenseman in Nicholas Bodine. So definitely Chicago was focusing on the defense. The D. Aging D. The D. Next. Uh, New York Rangers. They selected another Lundqvist. <laughs> Nils, Nils, Nils Lundqvist. Uh, he, was, he's got, he was number 41 among international skaters. Um, and then in the midterm, he was number 14. So he ended up falling a little bit or a lot. Um, they ended up adding Lindgren, Rykov, and Hajek, and now Miller and Lundqvist in the first round of the draft. New York ended up solidifying their defensive depth. I ended up taking Akil Thomas. <laughs> I thought they were going to go with a center. Uh, they obviously didn't end up... They felt like they needed to stretch heavy and go after D-men. They so, need D. Yeah, they need D, but... Especially with McDonough. They need everything, everything, to be honest. Yeah, That's a heavy rebuild. Um, all right, and then 29 was uh, Rasmus Sandin. My boy. The Leafs. No relation to Sundin. <laughs> I thought at this point, like I said, when we made our mock, we didn't consider trades. So I thought it was yeah. going to be Jay O'Brien at this point for the Blues. But, you know, that didn't happen because they did need some <laughs> centermen. So, yeah. uh, but the Maple Leafs came over here. They, they traded back. They selected a left shot defenseman. He's uh, ranked number 11 among uh, North American skaters by NHL Central Scouting. He's a solid all-around game, great hockey sense, and he'll complement the Maple Leafs' solid forward group. The Leaf fans think he's the next Eric Carlson, too, so they're just, like, going crazy. Okay. Uh, uh, 30. Number 30 was Joe Valeno, a guy that actually dropped pretty heavy. Big time. I had him way a Yeah, long I think time I had ago. him in the, in the top 15. Um, I ended up taking Martin Kaut. And you ended up taking him early, didn't you? <laughs> Valeno? No, Kout. Oh, Kout too. I mean, I had like him, I, said, I had Kout. Um, but yeah, Joe Valeno dropped. Detroit had a great like they just they did. guys they just did. fell into they their did. arms. Yeah, like they did. Um, wow, Zadina Valeno. Like I mean, he Valeno isn't like he's not going to wow you. He doesn't have a wow factor to his game, but he's 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 very strong in all of his areas of, yeah. of hockey. Uh, skilled offensively, he's great defensive, and then. After taking Zadina at six and Valeno at 30, they've done a great job upgrading their... Detroit has done a great job upgrading their uh, forwards. Yeah, no, they did a fantastic draft for them. Um, And then the last one was uh, Washington. I thought that they would take Matias Samuelson, D-man, especially if Carlson decided to walk, but Carlson stayed. (laughs) Yeah. Alexander Alexiev was their pick. He's a big, smart, left-shot defenseman. So mm-hmm. they still picked a defenseman who uh, might not need a lot more development. 
before he's ready to play in the NHL. So it's a positive thing for him. That guy, he ended up falling as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that pretty much wraps up the first round of the draft. I only got three picks right. Gibby got four. four. He beats me. I owe him a case of beer. It was fun uh, doing it. Water. We piece. did a little bit of research. We had some fun doing it. I mean, this draft was a little bit weird. It's always like that. All it takes is one piece to fall out of place, and the whole thing, the whole board is messed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was really fun. Now let's talk about who are the winners. So we'll start with the Habs. Let's grade the Habs first. Okay. Now, and we're gonna talk about the whole. Habs draft. What's your grade for the Habs and their standout picks in this full draft? I'm giving the Habs a B plus. I think they did well drafting a lot of the needs, which, as we know, is uh, center. We ended up picking, out of the 11 picks we had, we had six centers picked. Of course, Kotken Niemi being the highly touted about prospect that we should all be looking forward to. I think we did very well. A lot of prospects we got at a good time. Our only real stretch was Alexander Romanov. Um, now, I mean, he wasn't ranked or spoken about that highly, but I think in the second round, it's okay to take some risks. Second round, you usually do... Uh, second rounds are usually your... You study hard, you take those guys. Mm. He's a smaller D-man, but he does have a very great shot. He plays bigger than he is. So we shall see how he turns out, but... I think a lot of play, a lot of people were saying he's big stretch, but it is what it is. Um, now, my standout picks, of course, the obvious one is Kotkin Niemi. I expected it, and then and I'm glad we. I'm kind of glad we passed on Sedina, even though at the beginning we said um, that he was. We should pick him. Yeah, I. Yeah, I still wanted him, but I. A lot of people grew a bad taste, especially after yeah. the combine. So. Um. We need centers, and he was our the best available one, and a lot of projections had him in the top five, so taking him at three wasn't a stretch. Another another standout for me was Jacob Olofsson, who was yeah. projected. He was a projected first round talent. He was projected to be the late first uh, late first rounder, and I thought that the Habs were actually going to trade up for him, or trade for him in the first round with their two seconds. Um, but they ended up getting a mid second, so good for them. Uh, now, as a whole, I felt the Habs could have gotten creative like I said flipping two potential second rounders to get another first round but overall I think Bergevin played it safe and uh, I think they did an overall good job stacking the shelves yeah they had 11 picks man in this year's draft seven out of the bunch are centers two are wingers two are left-handed defensemen I'm going to give them a b b just a solid b they restocked the cupboards they loaded up on centers and they didn't make any dumb trades uh, and I think just like Timmons said in his post-interview, he said, listen, you can always switch a center to wing. It's much easier than switching a winger to center. <coughs> Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they're fed up with not having a center, so they drafted 100. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we need a center, just draft 100 of them, and one of them's got to come through, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned Romanov. I actually kind of like that pick in the second round. This yeah. is a kid who they don't have a lot of info on. Uh, Timmons saw him at a tournament early in the year. He said he was one of the best players on the ice. And also they invited him to the combine in Stockholm. So yeah. they seen him again. Uh, and he was not invited to any other combine. So mm-hmm. they seen something. So they know something that we don't know. I mean, yes, people say it's a reach at that spot. But like you said, four second round picks. I think that this is where you can kind of gamble on a raw talent with a lot of upside. 
and you don't. I know you you say, oh, you could have got him later, but sometimes you don't know. Yeah, that's sometimes the problem. Sometimes you don't know. Maybe somebody else saw what you saw. So if you see something you like, and especially with four second round picks, you can take that risk there. So I like that. Um, and another guy I liked is Cameron Hillis, who I think could be a steal. I mean, 59 points in 60 games for the Guelph Storm. Still young. I really like that kid. I think that's a guy that we can watch out for, mm-hmm. another centerman. Um, but, yeah, so overall a B. Nothing too crazy about it, but I thought, like you said, safe. A lot of centermen. You could tell they're like, yo, we need a centerman. Okay, guys, something's wrong so, here. You know, yeah. I bet you Mark wanted more. He's like, no, Mark, please, man. There's, there's, get more. More center. Did you, uh, <laughs> there was a video that surfaced. Did you see when, uh, when they were, ver- when they were first about to select Kotkin Yemi? Yeah, where he checked it. Yeah, Timmons goes and <laughs> yeah. he's like, okay, we're really picking this guy, right? Like, we're not, like, Bergman no, didn't, didn't do something. <laughs> it looks like that, no, but I obviously think, not. But. I think it was more like to just make sure that the jersey's right because yeah. you don't want him putting on, like, the wrong jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, t- I just thought that was funny. Twitter was having some fun with that. They probably, because I think when they make the jerseys, they probably made, like, a Zadina. They probably had a Zadina jersey, <laughs> you know, just in case. Um, but, yeah, you never know. Okay, so who are the winners and losers of the draft? Now, my winners of the draft were easily, in my eyes, Detroit and the New York Islanders. Um, Detroit ended up getting Zadina at six, even though he was projected to go to three. Zadina is a pure goal scorer, great player. They ended up getting Joe Valino at 30 when he was projected to go mid-round. Both their picks fell to them, and they took advantage of it. Detroit needing to build up an aging team. They stacked the forward cupboards for sure in the first round. Um, New York Islanders, for me, being able to pick two studs that were projected to go earlier than they did. I mean, it wasn't much. Like, it wasn't too... They didn't fall too far down. They only fell, like, two or three picks. But that can be the difference between an Alexander Daigle. Dag? Daigle. How do you say his <laughs> Alexander name? Alexander Daigle. How do you say his actual name? Alexander Dag. Dag. Daigle. Daggle Baggle and a Paul Korea, because that's what ended up happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, yeah, you're right. Um, I like Buffalo Sabres, of course. I think they get an A just for getting Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, yeah, but that, I, I think they could have stopped after that. But hold on. I think they could have okay, stopped okay, after okay. that and still got an A. Um, but then they got another two-way physical blue liner, Matthias Samuelson at 32. Uh, hard-nosed 200-foot forward, Matej Pekar at 94. And I think they, they got a trio of late-round European puck-moving defenders in Kronholm, Kukkonen, and William Warg Crew. And then, uh, you know... Oh, sorry. They got William uh, Warg Crew at 187th. So, I mean, they beef up a thin prospect pool on the blue line. Uh, and another thing is, remember, they're stacked down the middle with Eichel and Middlestat. So the, the future looks bright. Sometimes you look at the draft and you say, who's in, whose team is in a better position? You get a franchise defenseman. You still get to draft some other players. And you have some really good players in the pipeline. They're one of my winners. And, of course, the Red Wings. Yeah. I mean, three gifted those three forwards with Zadina, Berggren, and Valeno. Uh, Steele. And you get Jared McIsaac, Alec Regula, and then two goalies, Jesper Eliasson and Victor Bratstrom. Uh, and those two guys are two of Sweden's top under-21 goalies. So, I mean, and then you get uh, another defenseman. 
Uh, two defensemen, actually. Seth Barton at 81. Ryan O'Reilly. Wow, another Ryan O'Reilly at 98. And then they Jeez. get a diminutive playmaking center, Otto Kevin Mackey at 191. I think overall a great day for Ken Holland. Who is your loser of the draft? The Ottawa Senators. And uh, why? Yeah, they okay, they got Kachuk, who will be a great goal scorer. But I felt like they really missed out on getting Zadina once he the Habs passed on him to select a center. A goal scorer was needed with Hoffman gone, not to mention they refused to trade Carlson, who was probably the biggest trade trip on the market in a long time. He could have fetched them all sorts of assets, and I felt like the draft would have been a perfect time to move him in order to start the much-needed rebuild. Now, we can't tell right now if our losers and winners will be correct. Obviously, we can only speculate on what the projections are to be for the players that were drafted. Uh, maybe in a few years, we can, who, we can see potentially who can be the standouts and busts, but only time will tell. Yeah, me, it's easy. I mean, the loser is clearly Nashville. They didn't get a pick until the fourth round. Yeah, but they don't need it. I know, but they only had four picks total in this draft. I mean, that's what happens when you go for it, and they still failed. They still failed this year. So I'm sure they were not having too much fun at that table. They're my losers of the draft. They ended up showing up late, You know what? That's like the boring table at the wedding, you know, that you stick in the back corner that are gossiping about everybody. Yeah, exactly. They're gossiping about everybody drinking carbonated water while everybody's having a good time. That was Nashville on draft day. (laughs) They're a loser. But, hey, sometimes you go for it. It it would be worth it if they they made it, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. (laughs) You know, they were far away from making it so they took a step backwards and traded all their picks so they're my loser now before we go what's your uh, expectations for free agency now i expect the habs to dabble a little bit and try to snag a center maybe bolster up the back end with a left-handed d now i think they should target calvin dehan 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 Uh, He's a solid left-handed D, who I think a lot of teams will be calling about. I feel like he would be a solid addition to the team. He's a a decent-sized boy, 6 foot, 198 pounds. All you got to do is say, buddy, you're going to be playing with Shea Weber. Come on, bud. Yeah. Uh, He's he's a good skater who's solid defensively, great asset to have. He can log lots of minutes for us and is also a good puck-moving D-man, which is exactly what the Habs need right now. Now, I know everyone wants the Habs to grab a center at free agency, but I think signing a guy like Stasny to a long-term deal is not, is not a good idea. First off, we're going to overpay because that's just how free agency works. Um, if we are to sign Stasny, I feel like we need to sign him to a two-year, three-year max. Um, we have guys like Kotkaniemi to slot in his place and allow Stasny to walk after the two to three years or trade him for assets. Mm. I'd also take a pitch at Duclair. Um, eh, another he winger. Won't, he uh, won't be expensive, and he has potential to be a decent player. He'll be like the Alish Hemsky of our of this year. It's okay. You you gotta you gotta take risks. Uh, you never know. Listen, first of all, I'm saddened by the news that Jonathan Tavares doesn't want to meet with us. Nah, it is. What I'm it is. hoping it's because we already had a private meeting. Shea Weber, <laughs> Carey Price, you know. All Shea Weber <laughs> held him up against uh, the wall and said, yeah. "You're gonna sign." <laughs> but I think that you know, I'm not surprised. First of all, we're not in a position to win. It's a smothering market. The media has not helped with the bashing of our stars and the TMZ-like rumor reporting. Yeah. Um, 
He's getting married. The guy's going to start a family. He wants to win. There's a lot of red flags. It doesn't seem like it's just the right suit. It's not worth the extra money we would throw at him or the extra taxes coming his way. So I just, I just don't see it. Don't want to overpay Stasny. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's like a five, six mil at like three years, I, I would be willing to do that four years the most. But I mean, anything higher or longer than that is a mistake, especially like you said, young men in the pipeline. I think they need to get creative and trade for a center. You said Calvin DeHaan. I say Calvin DeHaan. Like him as the left-handed defenseman to play with Weber. And a guy that I've mentioned many times on this podcast is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. R&H, I'd love this kid. I know people are not big on him, but I'll tell you one thing. I would prefer him over Stasny. They got similar numbers. Actually, I think R&H's numbers are a lot better. Younger. He's younger. He's more dynamic. And maybe all he needs is a fresh start. Cough, cough, Taylor Hall. ha. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that would be my dream come true. I'm huge on this kid. I would love to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins in a Habs jersey. The I would love to see it. And, you know, it would be a dream come true. You know, some might call it a wet dream. Ew. <laughs> now, on that note. Uh, but, yeah, DeHaan <laughs> with Weber. If we can get RNH and DeHaan, this team would vastly improve. Vastly. Vashilevsky. Vastly. Improve. But, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Only can hope. And we're counting down days. We're, what, three days away from... Yeah, and we'll be back with another show for free agents after post-free agents. It's Sunday, and it's a long weekend. Canada Day, it's going to be great. Fantastic. Just to let you guys know, some of the info that we had today on our show is from NHL.com. So that's when we were going through the draft picks. So we are not plagiarizing. Just letting y'all know that. Um, yeah, it's been another great show. We got another YouTube video coming soon. Coming your way. We're going to shoot it this weekend. Yeah. Um, go check out the new Habs Unfiltered podcast uh, from the press box. Rick and Amy are still going strong. Uh, and just watch our old YouTube video. Keep watching that. And we got one more show for you coming up before the end of, uh, well, this is just bonus shows. And then we'll be back for training camp. Off-season shows. But we will have, we have a lot of videos planned for you this summer. So follow us, man. It's been fun. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, the draft wasn't as great as we all expected, but hey, the cupboards are full and uh, let's just hope for some great signings. Can we fast forward two years and we can see <laughs> our boy Kotkin Niemi? We'll see. We'll see yeah. what we can do. But uh, that's it for now. See, see ya later. later. Bye, have a great time.